Thank you, Aaron. Uh, it's my pleasure to be hosting Local Live with my friend Tyler Damon. Say hello, Tyler. Hello. Well, let's go ahead and just get right into it. Just do your thing. Cool. Uh, I'm going to start off with uh, something a little quieter. Sure. But n not very mellow, actually.
Cool. That's one. Far out, man. All that with the set of drums and some cymbals. How did you how did you figure out you can make those sounds? <clears throat> uh man, I'm having a hard time remembering. I mean, there are definitely uh I mean, it's a small group of people, I guess, but there are other guys that do stuff along these lines, like just different solar percussion things, and I've gone and seen a lot of them a lot over the years. Maybe the first person I saw do that sort of thing on a drum head with a cymbal was Tatsuya Nakatani, who plays here a lot. Um, yeah, I think I he was at the Rachel's Cafe, I think, a little while ago, I think. Yeah, he's definitely one of, the, one of those people on a very short list. <laughs> Uh, that I've, right. you know, like gotten to see do this for a long time. And I don't know, probably taught to you. I see. Uh, you're originally from Cincinnati, right? Yeah, I was born and mostly raised there. Even later when when uh, my family moved to southern Indiana, we were only 30 minutes away. So until I moved to Bloomington, Cincinnati was like, you know, the tri-state area. Right. And how old, are you, how old were you when you moved here? Uh, I was 18. Oh, I see. Okay. Now, your, your discography is pretty extensive. Uh, you've got a really huge list of people that you've collaborated with and bands that you've played with. Can you give me a brief brief summary of, of the history of Tyler Damon? Sure. Uh, I guess um, I've always just wanted to play a ton of different kinds of music. And uh, there was definitely a period when I was a teenager where I was figuring a lot of that out. Um, got into music primarily because it was around the house a lot growing up. My parents love music and uh you know my dad used to bring me home like CDs from the library that even stuff that I don't think he necessarily is into but he thought I might be. So I I was given an early in to the world of recordings anyway. And uh so over the years I got into all different sorts of stuff. Then when I started skateboarding, that like changed everything. Watching skate videos, getting super into punk, mm-hmm. and when punk wasn't enough anymore, I got really into metal. And then after that, it was just like everything. Like mm-hmm. metal wasn't enough anymore. It got really samey for me. Right. I still love a lot of metal and punk bands, of course, and I still go see bands like that, and would even play it. But you know, it's natural to branch out. And yeah, other, totally. Other, other genres. And I had bands in high school, but until I got here, I didn't, uh, I thought I was taking it seriously, but not nearly as much as when I finally moved here. And I've been here nine years now, a lot of different bands and a lot of different styles, but uh, not. this isn't like a disparaging comment or anything like that, but until I started playing solo and mostly like freely improvised music, I didn't feel to- totally satisfied by those musical outlets, creatively anyway. Now that mm-hmm. I do that, I see that everything sort of has its place and I'm very exactly, comfortable yeah. doing all mm-hmm. of it. And I just, I don't know, I'm a record nerd to this day, so I I like it all. Yeah. There's not a genre I don't think anybody could think of that I don't like something in, you know? Right, right. Everything has got something good in that genre, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's, yeah. it's uh, music is the thing for me. Yeah. For sure. It's defined my life up until this point. Right. So. Well, that, that kind of segues into my next question. How did you get involved with, with WFHB and, and DJing Melody and Asked For? Um, when I moved here as a student, I was on WIUS, and I was part of that transition to WIUX when they became an FM station. And I did some things over there, and then uh, 
after I graduated, uh, shortly beforehand, I quit working over there and uh, sort of missed doing radio. A friend of mine, Mark Harrison, longtime host of uh, Melody Unasked For, um, told me that he was leaving and uh, offered me the spot through Jim here. And uh, I started doing that, I guess, two years ago. So I host that opposite Ben Myers every every couple weeks here. And now I do youth radio, too. So, Can you explain a little bit about what youth radio is? And actually, can you also just kind of give a brief summary of what Melody on Asked For is? Sure. Uh, what I always say about Melody on air when I'm uh, hosting the show is that it's a spot on WFHB for all things out music. I've come to prefer the term out to almost any other, like avant-garde or experimental especially like I'll use experimental for all intents and purposes but Mm -hmm. as it's been pointed out like a lot of those people are just making strange music and they're not really experimenting like they've got systems and you know new language basically right so uh you know out could mean out there outsider out of the ordinary I mean there's so many ways to like to use that word so that's what Melody is. And then uh, Youth Radio is uh, also a pretty long-running program here with WFHB and a Rhino's Youth Center that basically enables kids 13 to 18 to have their own radio shows and get an early start in broadcasting and um, probably getting exposed to a lot of different kinds of music. And I think it's a good social environment. Even for me, I mean, I like hanging out with all the kids too. Yeah. New perspectives, you know. I'm I'm really into perspectives. Yeah, so exactly. Uh, they, sometimes they show you things you didn't see. Sure, and that I mean, just by asking you questions that you wouldn't have asked. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I I see a continuum through my life about that, like this practice and everyone I interact with yeah. and everything I do. I see a line through it. So. Have any of the kids that you've that you've, you've been dealing with over the and you've seen you your solo performances uh yeah at least one um there's a kid who performs under the name hairpiece uh he he and i shared a bill not too long ago and you should keep one ear to the ground for him because he's doing some really cool stuff that's cool yeah um a lot of self-produced recordings and things like that so i opened for him since we sort of knew each other from the record store and so, so far, that's it, mm-hmm. but... The record store being landlocked. Right, landlocked right. music. Yeah. I've worked there a long time, too, six years mm-hmm. or something. Now, when you're picking out selections for your radio show, how do they relate to the music that you create? Uh, in a lot of different ways. I actually find that as I get older and have been playing drums and percussion even longer, that I find myself far more inspired and influenced by people who play instruments that I don't play or styles or whatever that I don't play. Mm -hmm. Um, Because, again, it's just like the perspectives thing and wondering if you can create different sounds like beyond uh, some sort of intended use for for it. So um, that's a big part of this exploration for me. Great. Well, let's go ahead and get started with some more music. Cool. Sure.
great job. Thank you. <laughs> now I see you've got your first solo cassette here is uh, came out on Magnet Magnetic South here over this past summer. It was a co-release with Aris Apothecary too. Oh, okay. Another another local label, both Bloomington labels. Now how do you, how is your improv is it is it like sand art? Does it just exist once and then it's destroyed, or is it uh, do you or is it do you do you build upon ideas and then continue continue with those ideas? How do you how would you explain that? Uh, absolutely. Well, both. Um, I I'm definitely always like working on this, like I said before, like a new language sort of deal. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, I mean, there are a lot of hours spent by myself at home uh, finding sounds. I mean, when I'm bored, that's what I do a lot of the time. Um, and that's how I got into doing a lot of the quiet stuff was it being late and I couldn't play my drums and wanted to do something creative. But every time I try to learn a different instrument, I just abandon it so I can play drums more. And uh, so I, I got around to doing that a lot at home. So that's always a work in progress, and I definitely don't have anything like a song, but I'm always projecting, I think, some sort of narrative or something mm -hmm. into the work. Uh, I think I wrote in the bio, like, untold and something narratives, like uh, obscured and untold narratives or something like that. And I think uh, that's something I'm trying to bring to it instead of it just being like... Um, I don't know, I'm sure a lot of people hear it as noise or something like that, but, you know, it's just acoustic sound. It's just yeah. music. It's, you know, almost like pretty to me or something like that. If you yeah. listen to a lot of, uh, like, South Asian music and there's a ton mm -hmm. of percussion that is sort of approaching this, right. like, ethno forgeries on my right. part. Right, I, I do feel like uh, there would, <coughs> not, not to harp on anybody in particular, but there might be some ethnocentric people that might, think of this as just noise or that it doesn't require any skill to do. Um, and what would your response be to, to people who say those kind of things? It's not for them. <laughs> and on, honestly, like the keepers of the gate of traditions and things like that, I, mean, I think it's beautiful when people uphold traditions. I think there's been a lot of incredible music made from carrying those traditions. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, that's how we ended up where we are. But at the same time, like this, uh, we call them jazz bows uh, in reference to the jazz world or like, you know, people that don't acknowledge like late period Coltrane or the importance of mm -hmm. Albert Eiler, or all these monumental figures, like entire like runs of Japanese free jazz or, or uh, anything going on in Europe. Like a lot of people ignore that part of jazz entirely. And it's like, so I always feel like I came in the back door. Like, mm -hmm like had to sneak in or something like that. And uh, I don't know. I don't even remember what you asked me at this point. I'm kind <laughs> of like a tangent. Oh, that's fine. That's talker. fine. Um, how many bands are you currently active with right now? Uh, both none and many. <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's definitely an ebb and flow thing going on right now. Um, mm -hmm. I'm trying to keep it to... Uh, more collaborative like I think of it collaboratively like I would anyone I'm I'm doing a lot of stuff where I'm just picking up 
gigs or recording sessions with people I know who I don't live near, something like that, and doing a one-off thing and seeing like what we can make, like uh, you know the instant composers pool of the mm-hmm. Netherlands. Like I like that term of instant composition. Yeah. Um, because I, I don't know, it implies something more like the narrative I was talking about before than uh, just sort of like this fr- total free improvisation as if people think they're going to reinvent the wheel every time they yeah. step up to it. So yeah. I, I don't know. It's not like everything is new to me every time I play, but mm-hmm. it's it's a constantly evolving thing. And I like the idea of it not being recorded sometimes so it can just like it is be like, this blast like into the ether Buddhist, for people. Like, exactly, like Buddhist sand art. Yeah, yeah. absolutely, mm-hmm. yeah. So, yeah, I like that. I like that analogy. Um, tell me about uh, Karaoke Machine. Karaoke Machine is actually a remarkably similar project, I think, in a certain conceptual ways. It's a band I do with Evan Weichart, Jason Groth, and Alex Mann, respectively. Uh, we basically, Jason was a karaoke host for a long time, regular karaoke. So he had a pretty good idea of, like, these songs that people do. And we just wanted a reason to all play together, but we weren't in, like, original bands. So we started getting together as, like, this, um, as a money-making endeavor, basically. Like, we can do no this, shame in so that. we can do it. <laughs> like, why not? It's not, there's worse ways to make money. So we started to do it, and Jason lives in North Carolina now, but we still have about let's say 100 to 120 songs ready at any given time. So that's that's how I see the line between doing this and that. It's like, uh, you know, I'm, I always have to be on my toes. I don't know what songs people will pick. And you don't know what people are going to do either. People are really thrilled with this idea of like, oh, I've never learned an instrument, but I can sing karaoke with the live band. And they, that's like the most fun thing mm-hmm. for a ton of people. And that's been a really cool experience. I don't like, uh, I don't like when people act like art or music or something is only for one group of people who appreciate it a certain way. Yeah. Like I like connecting with people, even with this sort of music. Like I don't want them to feel like this is a pretentious, overly serious endeavor because I came up playing in basements and stuff like that. And Mm-hmm. I that's what I liked about it. That's why I was always hanging out in those places because, for the most part, people don't act that way. And if it, yeah. you know, certain scenes t- turn into like it's a weird the, boys club yeah. with macho attitudes and stuff, then I'm out the door. But like, as long as it's pretty open minded and uh, people just there to appreciate something, then I respect that. I mean, yeah. like everybody is coming from a different place and you know deserves an opportunity to hear and see things and themselves well, i think we got time for one more one more piece cool all right uh this is a like we were talking about i uh have a sort of a repertoire and this is one that i sort of did at the bishop the other night it'll be a little bit different i'm sure but uh hope you enjoy it and thank you so much for listening
Thank you very much for taking the time to sit with us, Tyler. And uh, thank you for listening, listeners. And thanks to thank you, <laughs> thanks to our engineers Adam Reichley, Dan Withard, and Jim Lang. Special thanks to Aaron Toby for putting the show together, and special thanks to our executive producer Jim Mannion. That will do it for tonight's local live. And now it's back to you, Aaron.